tell anyone how to get the relief. There's no map, because there's nowhere to go. What I feel is that the relief determines the message that's coming out. And if you even entertain the message, you'll get some relief. It'll be like a sample of, of, if you want to call it the relief, but there is possibilities of having relative type reliefs or conditional reliefs by entertaining this. Yeah, you can't, and you can't have or do anything to to get the re, to get the relief or to get that sense. But that sense can communicate through someone that will that could uh, offer ways of entertaining that would bring about an experience or a sense of that, or uh, more of an intimation of the relief. Because it's not a relief that's based on time. It doesn't happen for 15 minutes or anything like that. Those are samples, but it's not really the product, because it isn't a product. In other words, it was never a moment that was not there. That's one of the things that dawns on you. Nor will there ever be a moment that you're aware of which isn't based on that. So it's just like uh, but from that there may be uh, a desire to express sort of a sense of that relief. And if you entertain it you will get a flavor of that relief. And hopefully that intimation will lead the mind, if it needs to be led, or remind the mind, remind the mind, that's a good one, remind the mind, remind the mind of something that it's in act of forgetting. It's actively forgetting it. That's the message to me. To me, it's an energetic message. The words are just like a delivery system. It's the energy of what's been revealed, attempting to communicate through this interface in a way, to point back at it. I mean, I didn't get the flavor of this message by entertaining a written message or a or even a conceptual idea. I didn't. That's. I can't say that's what brought it about. So in a way, I'm not a real true salesman because you can't sell this. You know. But then again, if you're left with there's nothing to do, a lot of people can't uh, grab that. They can't seem to receive that. So that message, in a sense, or that sense of whatever. I find wants to intimate itself through like the hieroglyphics of this place. Yes, so it's attempting to share with you, and the best I feel you can do is to describe the problem. You can't describe the solution, and this is not a, even a solution to the problem. In fact, in the relief there is no problem, so there's no. It doesn't have any sense of being a solution at all. It's my feeling of it. It's just what is, but here and where it's not being entertained, it can act as a great solution to what is causing a lot of dilemma in you. If you entertain it just barely, you'll travel lighter. Yeah. You'll have samples like Mitch has and other things. And then 
after a while, those samples, it's sort of like if you look at, let's say, a drop of water, the ocean can be intimated in it after a while. Yeah? One drop of water can intimate the whole ocean that it's representing. That's the ability, that you have that ability to see in the smallest evidence the whole picture. Because you are that. Yeah? So, coming out of the tribe I'm out of, which is recovery, I watched people who brought about a message once to a group, and they talked only from the solution. And the solution was, there is no world, this and that, this and that. And everyone in that room never came back. Everyone who was in recovery. <laughs> they never, I never saw them again. I learned something that day, that there's no need to talk about the solution in a sense. Just describe the problem. Yeah? See the problem, describe it, paint pictures of it, so that the person, that maybe, there is no person, but that consciousness that's entertaining, if it's, seen t- if it's pointed out to that, it can startle its entertaining. And when it stops entertaining what it's not, that's the essence of what it is. When the mind stops entertaining what it's not, that's the essence of what it is. That's its rest. Yeah. So it's the selfing is a verb, yeah? and the verb can be startled where it stops, and that's a free sample, yeah? or a pause, or a, we think a pause is in, is in between two moments, but it really isn't. It's a timeless event, a pause. When there's a pause, I mean you really sense it. It's not from here. It's not a, st- a gap in time. It's a totally different uh, citizenship. It's a, from a timeless whatever. After a while, you can see that in a pause. That pause is a very powerful uh, intimation. Yeah? It's pointing at something, not at anything. but It's a pointer to the infiniteness of that pause. In a little pause that we bookend with time, you've been revealed everything in that little pause. Every day, all day, people, the truth is revealing itself constantly. But we don't have the eyes to see it, usually, or the ears to hear it. So, sometimes, you know, someone's seat assignment is to share that, to share about... It's just the way we're looking that's prohibiting us from seeing So like today, with the people I was with today, I didn't have to think at all. The thing just adjusted itself as a message. It's so so beautiful. It's so self... It's so self... uh, Not what I mean as self, but... It's just incredible regulation. You never have to think about getting ready for anything. It totally knows what's happening prior to anything even appearing to happen. <laughs> so, if you, you can practice relying on it by telling the truth about relying on self. And the truth about relying on self, obviously, in your experiences, it's unreliable. How much more evidence do you need? You know, to the point you become convinced. One, one drop of water can convince you of the reality of the ocean. You know, one drop one little 
every sample can tell you the whole story. Yeah. Us, you know, we're, we have a lot, of, a lot of resistance to being convinced because what we're trying to convince is unconvincible. It's a total waste of time to try to convince your head about entertaining the truth. Because <laughs> to the head, entertaining means I can or I can't entertain. That's what it means. It doesn't mean an incessant onness, which is its movement of entertaining. It doesn't mean that. To it. it means I, the regal Paul, can or cannot entertain yeah? the truth, as if it's a topic for me. I don't care who you are, that's how the mind interprets that, because of its splitness. It's that conditional splitness, which always puts itself as the subject and everything it comes in contact with as the object. So, somebody intimates truth and you think it's an object you're going to get, yeah, as the subject. That's the problem. You know? So, I was talking last night about my own experience in the world of the body. And in the world of body, I've had a lot of trouble with my digestion most of my life. Yeah. I don't care what it was caused by or not, but it's, it hasn't been good chronically. And so I was trying to do all I could do to make it better. Yeah. And I would do whatever I could do religiously. And so this, I remember one time for years, I took this stuff called, uh, you get it at, in, in yogurt, you know, they, it's uh, acidophilus. They're, they're beneficial flora that your intestine needs to be have a sense of well-being. And you can take very high-potency ones, of probiotics, and spend tons of money. And I was, I was taking really religiously the highest quality for two years or more. And then nothing was really changing. So I did this. I went to the extent of sending my shit to Smoky Mountain Labs in Tennessee for them to do an incredible analysis of my shit to see what the hell was going on in there, because I couldn't get in there myself. And when I got the report back about my shit, which is a very, it was, talk about an inventory, a thorough and fearless inventory of my shit. And what they found in my shit, there was no trace of beneficial flora. No trace. None. Not one good strand of acidophilus or all the stuff you eat with yogurt and take these pills, there was not one trace of them ever even being in there. Yeah? And I'd spent lots of money the last few years and really taking it, bringing it wherever I traveled to make sure I'd have it and taking it, everything that, not one bit. Yeah. So it looked like I was doing everything I could do to change what was happening. Yeah. And it looked like with not that unreasonable expectations that something would change, but I didn't know what I was up against. There was a parasite in my system that was kicking the ass of everything I introduced. It was killing everything, all the beneficial thing, and it didn't matter how much I took, or the highest quality, or how much money I spent on it, whatever I gave in would show absolutely no effects because the parasite that was in there would kill it. They would call it the bad parasite. Some of, some of people know maybe Candida or this fungus is in your body. And this, without my knowledge, was in place. So all my years of trying to get better were, were destined to fail because there wasn't the right identification of what I was suffering from. 
didn't matter. I spent 42 bucks for some of this stuff. I did unbelievable stuff just to do it. It didn't matter. Everything was thwarted because of one thing. I didn't know what I was up against. There was a parasite in place that was not going to brook any other appearance of any other parasite or any other beneficial or not beneficial flora, which is a bacteria. Yeah? It blew my mind. Well, the same thing a lot of us are doing now. There may be a parasite that is taking you over, and all of your doing and having and trying to be better really is going to come to naught, in a sense. There will be feelings of better and this and that. I mean, placebos are very powerful. If your mind believes you'll be okay, you may show some effects of it. But chronically, the state of the, let's say, the negative state will be dominant. The same thing. People aren't seeing in a lot of ways. They're still caught in the formulations of self-centeredness, the sense of being the subject of the I that's going to do and have itself into a better condition. That's all well and good if it's, an e- if it's a level playing field, but it isn't. You're already preoccupied by a parasite, let's say. I like to use the word parasite. It's not a parasite, but it's a nice way of describing it. It's almost like a foreign installment or a certain type of helmet you're wearing all day. Yeah? Without that knowledge of that, it doesn't matter. It eats. It's, it will eat all the relief you ever go out and try to get for it. It will. It'll just chew it up. And there won't be a long-lasting radical change. You'll just be maintaining a certain level of bearability that was, is actually truly unbearable if you could have entertained ever being free. The conditional freedom you may be entertaining now by having a good life and this and that may be somewhat bearable, but that's to a lifelong career prisoner. It's bearable. Not to your two- and four-year-old kid or whenever, when, if you were awake when you were a kid, and you were. If it wasn't overridden by anxiety based on a bad situation you were awake in. I was in a pretty middle-class family, and it was beautiful. I had to, just running around like with no... Narrative, no introspection had set in. I had no idea of time. My mother could have been huge and ugly. I would have loved her no matter what. I didn't have to have gap clothes on or sunglasses or look like something. I just rather run around naked. Everything was just much cleaner and clearer. Play and do whatever. Flip out and then be over it in a second. Nice. Nice way to roll. What happened? Something happened, you know? Introspection, something. Thought thinking. Not so much about that, but about that in relationship to this. This, this, that was, or that was a concept of a being a self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I've been, I've been anchored to or wedded to the idea of being a body. And then all, everything from there was either about coming out of being a body or being taken in as being a body. And then the Conscious contact got overridden by the, who the conscious contact was to. Yeah? And then the dominant contact I had was with thoughts above all else. You know? First of all, sense of smell became very unimportant, basically. Feeling how much some people, I was talking about the other, the other day, I remember I'd be on an 18-hour flight from, from Thailand to here. Mm-hmm. And it would be amazing 
that if you had an 18-hour fight with chimpanzees or monkeys, they'd all be picking at each other, picking ticks. There'd be some kind of contact. And we're all sitting in a little seat, not talking to anyone else, watching the movie they provided, eating lousy food, and just just thriving in the isolation of separation. You know, don't even want to look at the person next to you. The monkeys would be picking and showing affection and love. And they were like... Don't bother me. I've got the book. I've got the movie. I've got all these defenses from any contact. This isn't quote-unquote natural. We grew into this thing. We grew out of something that you actually can never grow out of, but it can seem that you can grow out of it because that's the power you are. You talk about it in the beginning of that forward in the book. It says, we have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Seemingly means that it pertains, it seems to be true or false to you. It appears to be true or false to you. You is the main ingredient of that statement. So everything can appear true or false to you. That's a powerful ability you have. Yeah, You can actually override what's happening by having a subjective take on it. In other words, you can live as if this isn't even going on. You can live in almost a constant, what's not happening? Most people are. We point out and people identify with the blatant one, but there are subtler livings in what's not happening. Because the original what's not happening is you, as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's not what's happening. Yeah. So I don't know, in my little story, that's what occurred, and that introspection created a lot of trouble. I remember immediately, you know, I talked about the other night where I was like a little cherub with my family and family pictures, and then I hit around, and there was pictures of us when I was five and six, and I was looking at my mother suspiciously, you know. It was like the, I, the separation had already set up. It felt like in my house I was in a boarding house. I didn't know, who the hell is this, they call my brother. I had no freaking idea what was going on, but I was getting smaller and smaller, more and more isolated more and more alone, and that parasite takes over in isolation. It won't do half the shit it wants to do to you if someone else is around. <laughs> it really won't. It can't wait to get rid of you so it can really go off on you. <laughs> so, so there I was, and it, this is why I was telling these people today, man. I stopped... It was so long till I could experience just walking in a room again. All I used to experience walking in a room was the thinking of it. Every time I did a dive off a diving board, it was the thinking of it I experienced. It almost made me immune to the wetness of the water because my thoughts, my thoughts were so dry. And my whole life then, instead of being alive and knowing without having to entertain anything, conscious contact, just there was no there was no idea that I wasn't, so there was no need to know I was, yeah, it was just the living it. Got forgotten in a sense, and I this interpretation replaced living. And of course it's gonna kick up some symptoms. And of course somehow you're gonna want you're gonna react to it. You're gonna want relief from the unbearability. And if you're conditioned to look at it in a certain way, which I was, which alcohol and drugs, I didn't look for relief in other things. I looked for relief those two roads. Yeah? 
And there was, and what happened with me when I first started to drink. In hindsight, it was like someone who needed a medicine finally found it, and all that society offered me was punishment for it. They said, if you drink again, you're going to jail. And the type I was, I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow, not to feel uncomfortable now. So punishment doesn't work for me. You know, I am not going to suffer if I can get that medicine. And even though the medicine became a bigger aspect of the poison, the only way I could view it for years was it was the medicine. So that I didn't come to any of this without any virtue, or with any virtue, nothing. Something just dropped on me, you know? and it was so heavy I couldn't get out from underneath it. <laughs> I couldn't claim it as an experience. It just overwhelmed me, overwhelmed at me, and. Thank God the startling of the verb selfing was long enough that something became obvious in that pause. Yeah. The mind woke up to itself in a way. Hmm. So in the hopes, you know, of that maybe if there's, <laughs> if you get in the vicinity of, let's say, what's happening, and in the time frame it's happening in, what we call now, then maybe something will dawn on you, you know? <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> you know, they used to say God is everywhere. Why aren't you feeling it? Maybe we just have to get you into the vicinity of everywhere and you'll bump into it inevitably, yeah? Once you bump into it and rub shoulders with it, something's going to occur. And when, when that occurs, it can wipe out 50, 80, 90 years of story like that. That thing that you feel so entwined with or as can be totally loosened like that. It may seem like there's a hundred knots, but oh, they all go at one moment. And for that moment, you're unadorned with self and that moment can go, it can just encompass all the seeming moments that we have partitioned called time. The one moment. What's happening is the one moment is leaking in into all your little partitioned moments. But when that happens, when you actually drop into that one moment, yeah, all the things happen and go, happen and go, and they leave very little impression on you. All you get is the sense of the long moment, not long moment eternal moment, let's say. Yeah? You just get a sense, day in and day out, things happen, they're forgotten, and yet there's this one constant whatever going. I can't even say it's going on. I don't know it's going on. It's just going. Then you have an immunity to all the dilemmas, really, because you've broken out of the confines of self-centeredness. You didn't break out of it. You were never in it, really. That's the whole point. And that's a very distinct, distinct, very strong sense. I don't know if it will happen with others, but a very strong sense is that actually nothing really ever happened. That's really the sense. Yeah? All the meaning you've injected into past as being so important, it all gets sucked up and, and just dispersed. Now, yeah. me, I got a distinct sense that nothing ever really happened in <laughs> my whole life, actually. 
<laughs> Thousands of things happen, but without it happening to you, they come and go. If you realize you're that moment that you, that never goes, that's what's always happening as as you. Yeah, it gives an immunity to all the ideas that you think are happening to you, because now you realize it's happening as you. Yeah, when things happen, go to the So I like the idea of the parasite because it paints a picture. It's like something took you over. You've been possessed. Yeah, that means you can be unpossessed. If you can be possessed, you can be unpossessed. Yeah, when you're unpossessed, you'll probably entertain that you were never possessed to begin with. Yeah, that's the to me the good news. Yeah, not that you're unpossessed only to be possessed again. <laughs> But you're unpossessed, and in that unpossession, you can sense that you were never possessed. Yeah? Never. It's an impossibility. What you are can't be possessed. Yeah? That stabilizes. Then it's not based on, I feel connected today, or I don't feel connected today. I feel, this must be it, this must be it, and then that mustn't be it. No, it's neither of them. It's just... Whatever appears isn't it, yeah? So, I don't know. Like, you don't have to go in a room and prepare to get ready for a talk. <laughs> I was just eating salmon coming here, and <laughs> just about to talk to, I could go to a senior citizen home. <laughs> Nine years old, they say, okay. <laughs> just like a talking chimp. Just put me up. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Because this doesn't, there's no, there's no, distance or space between it. I don't have to go anywhere to arrive. Yeah? Just there. You're always there. How can you pack up for a journey if you're at the destination already? <laughs> yeah? Before you get ready, you're there. Yeah? As you're getting ready, you're there. Before you take the breath to get ready, you, <laughs> you're already there. You're, you're so already there, you can't notice you're there. <laughs> The you that you're not can't notice the presence of the you that you are. But the you that you are sees the you that you're not very, very clearly, extremely clearly. It doesn't find any need to inform the you that you're not <laughs> because it doesn't see it as you. Yeah. So <laughs> The you that you're not is what entertains the message. What you are doesn't entertain fucking anything. It already is so. It doesn't need to entertain anything. But what you... What you're not needs to entertain the message so that it can come to that dead end that it already is on. And there can be a relinquishment of the hold or the emphasis. So, what happened with Mitch happens to a lot of people. The foreground gets shifted to the background. The background or context becomes the content and context. Yeah? With the content as the foreground, you're taking that to be all there is. But there's a context. When the context arises, goes to the foreground, the context and the contents are the same. When the context, content is happening, it's a denial of the context. <coughs> yes? When you're busy with all these things happening and you're taking everything to be solid and real and outside yourself and this and that and that, it has the ability to affect you. You're living in the content. 
The context, when shifts, the content shifts back, and this becomes it. This is seen in the content. The context is seen in the content. You're seeing from it. So the content doesn't have the effect on you because you're not part and parcel of the content. You're the context, though you seem to be appearing as a content. Yes? The emphasis just shifts, and everything that was difficult becomes easy. There's no effort to be vigilant anymore. You don't try to be together. You don't have to get centered. None of that's so pointless. You're already so. All that to me is the gasp of self in trying to be relevant. It's attempting to still be relevant as if it has something to do with being what you are. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. You don't have to convince it. Don't waste a breath on trying to convince this that it's the eternal oneness. (laughs) It will assume it's the eternal oneness in the blatant play of two-ness out here. That's what it will do. But it won't be... Don't even worry about it. If you, this thing has resonated with you, stay with the resonate, resonance. Take that as the only, only authentic communication you've ever had. Yes? And if you honor that resonance, it will reveal itself. Because it's real. We're, we are so powerful, we're entertaining what's not happening, and we're allowing it to override what's happening. That's fucking a miracle worker. For you and I to make what's not happening seem to be happening is pretty unbelievable. It's like more than, it's much bigger than pulling something, you know, raising someone from the dead. You're making something to seem to exist that never even existed. <laughs> All day. And not only that, you're, let, and you're, you're actually letting it override what is appearing. Talk about miracle workers. Talk about having faith that you can move mountains. You can change worlds. From what's not happening to what's not happening. <laughs> You're talking about faith the size of a mustard seed. In you, it's the size of a thought. And one thought about next Friday. Hey, next Friday's here. For all intents and purposes. <laughs> you know? And yet you want to play the victim. But if you take that same ability to entertain, put it on the truth, can you imagine what crop you'll harvest out of that? You're harvesting out of a dead field tons of anxiety all day. I mean, the fucking root, the, the plant's dead for 40 years, you're still harvesting resentments out of it and being right. I mean, you're an incredible, meticulous caretaker of a dead garden. Nurture this resentment, yes. It's the excuse for everything that hasn't worked out for me. Yes, 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 yes. Anxiety, anxiety. Let's dump more anxiety in here. Imagine if you just... Not even entertain the truth, just stop entertaining that. I mean, how... You don't need to be at a spiritual school to see the difference between what's happening and what's not happening. You don't even have to have a spiritual bent. It's just pragmatic. Have a diagnosis. We're spending most of the day in what's not happening. And then we're complaining about not getting what we want. (laughs) You're getting exactly what you want, a whole lot of what's not happening. So all your faith in what's not happening creates anxiety now. Jesus. Talk about being an alchemist. That's another. You know, an alchemist, you take a a metal like lead and you make it gold. Well, you take that. 
You take faith and you produce anxiety with it. Not you, your head. Your head takes faith because you have tons of it in the thoughts you're having. You believe them to be true. That, that's faith to me. You're a faith worker. You conjure up what's not happening. At least you convince your body of it. Your body will react as if it's happening. And you'll be entertaining tons of anxiety, probably ruin your health, your nervous system will be wrecked, you'll have to take pills just to make it through another day of entertaining what's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> the whole pharmaceutical business is based on, you know, take care, you know, what, changing the symptoms of the ailment of what's not happening. It's a billion dollar business. <laughs> what's bothering you? What's not happening? <laughs> Now here's a pill. All right. I think I need a couple pills. This is a big what's not happening. Someone comes and says, well, how about the antidote of what's happening? No, no, no. Give me that pill. That's a, I want it now. Well, what's happening is now. No, no. I want to take it. So now you got the, you got the product. So faith is unbelievable. We all have faith. You don't practice faith. Faith is a quality we, ha- we have here, just like entertaining. You, never, you did not have to go to school to entertain. When you were a kid, you were entertaining incredible things all day. Your imagination was unbridled. And that's just a minor aspect of entertaining. Yeah? I entertained, I played with 12 army men for years. That's all I had. With my friend Wayne Griffith every day. Underneath an apple tree at my house for three years. We may have had 12 plastic army men together. And we play every day for years. Do 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 entertaining. Same with faith. Faith is a potential thing we all have, not a thing. It's a movement, but it shows itself here by the vehicle you put in it. Most of us have put it into self-centeredness. We put our faith in an unreliable system, and we're just an expression of that. Your life is an expression of what it's been based on. It's not personal at all, really. Because you have this ability to entertain. So if you entertain what's not happening, it can actually override what's happening. That's how powerful you are. And you have an incredible faith that whatever you put it in will deliver a product. And so you put your faith in something unreliable, it gives you anxiety back. That's a simple deal. The more faith you give it, the more anxiety you get back. The more faith you have in all those thoughts in your head, the more anxiety about what's not happening is going to be produced. The same faith, if put into something reliable, like in AA it says trusting something infinite instead of finite self, that's a big difference, infinite and finite. Finite is a long-lasting thing. Infinite is never lasting because it never was to last. It's something else, another game. So you put it in that. What is putting it in that? I don't know what putting it in that is. I know it's more about what not to put it in, to me, at least in the beginning. So to tell the truth about what you have faith in, and come to the, become convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that that's a lousy freaking investment. <coughs> I'm giving this incredible gold of a possibility, which is faith, and I'm getting back tons of anxiety about what's not happening. <laughs> I don't think I like this deal. So what happens as soon as that faith is relieved from the burden of relying on what's unreliable? Yes. 
and you don't put it into any other way of looking, you allow it goes back to the true reliability, its own source. Yeah? And what, how, what its gift is, you feel an ease and comfort now in your own skin. Not a bad deal, eh? You feel an ease and comfort with yourself and others. Now, that's the promise. Not about parking spaces next week or anything. Not, not, not the deal of faith. You have an ease and comfort in your own skin now. It allows you to travel lighter. The same energy, just where it was offered. It's the vehicle that makes manifestation here. You have to take your responsibility. You are a, you are the interface of some power that manifests through you. You have the ability to entertain the heavens or the hells. Yeah. You can entertain the booby prize of self-centeredness that I will be okay at a later date, or you can entertain the lightness of being fine right now. You have the ability to do both. Yeah. Unfortunately, our ability to entertain has been enslaved to self-centeredness. So we've been entertaining a lot of what's not happening for a long freaking time. And it causes our mind to go neurotic. It's a mental illness. It gets sicker and sicker. It gets more and more perverse and weirder and weirder. Yeah. Produces giant businesses of how to take away the symptoms of that mental illness when the fact is they're all rooted in your reliance on something that you're not. Yeah. And the love of the truth is that it's always offering its revelation at all times wherever you are, with no requirement necessary. You don't even have to buy a ticket to its show, because it's constantly open and free, like they say, the gateless gate, the open secret. People go, well, it, it wouldn't be a secret it was, if it was open. Exactly. The truth is not a path or a secret that you have to learn. It's an open secret. And the gateless gate means without a gate, it wouldn't be a gate, yeah? Yeah, it's a gateless gate. It means you don't, there's no doorman, there's no way you have to beg to get admittance. There's a recognition. That's that. It's like I always use this one about God, Heaven's Door. Have you heard of it? No. No, you haven't heard of Heaven's Door? So here's Heaven's Door, and uh, you know, I have a conditioning that wants to go to Heaven, let's say. I probably will make it hell if I get in there, but I'll, you know, why I go to heaven? So I knock on the door, and uh, God answers, and I go, God. And I come in. So God looks right at me and goes, Paul can't come in. So I'm sort of shook by that, because I thought I'd been really good lately, and I've been doing service and things, and so I get a little pissed, but I walk away. Yeah? So now I practice really diligently. I become a meditator, and I do what I think I need to do to become spiritual. And so, of course, i got to get the uniform first, like whites and stuff, you know, patchouli oil and beads and loving plants, you know, gazes at faraway places. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm in love. I'm in bliss. Peaceful. So then I go, not, I think I have a good resume. God answers. And I'm already, you know, ready to go. Got the bags ready to go. And, I go, hey, can I come in? Just as a formality, you know, because it's God, you know. And God looks right at me and goes, Paul can't come in. 
So now I flip out. You know, I think I deserve it. I have a sense of entitlement. I should be in there. I know they're having a big party in there. I'm missing it. So I say, fuck that, and I start partying again. And I just say, screw it. I'm giving it everything up. And I get my ass kicked sufficiently, and one day something happens, and I wash up on the shores near this door, and something occurs. Something switched. Something snapped. I had that moment of clarity or surrender. And I knock on the door, and God opens it. I say, can I come in? And he looks right at me and goes, Paul can't come in. And I walk right by. Because I had recognized I wasn't Paul. Yeah? He was never saying that Paul, meaning me, can't come in. He was just stating a fact. Paul can't come in. The idea that you are of you cannot enter heaven. Because it's a fucking idea. But I thought it was me. So as soon as he said they made that statement, because it could have been Steve can't come in, Mary can't come in, St. Teresa can't come in, St. Paul can't come in, Jesus Christ can't come in, St. Francis of Assisi can't come in, any identification with anybody can't come in. So it wasn't personal. And because I took it personal, I I stayed out of heaven all those freaking years. (laughs) The head played God and withheld withheld heaven from me. That's what the head is doing. It's playing God on this little stage called the little warped life. It's trying to replicate what it thinks is the big God. Yeah. So then I walked right in because I just had that realization. Well, you've been served, yeah? Yes. describe it any better than that. It's the most perfect way of describing it. Especially if you've been watching it for a while, you're just amazed at the depths of its playing God. It plays God with the idea of God. It tells you if you're getting closer to it or farther away, all based on its little whimsical take on what you have done or haven't done enough of, or you're all going to have to purify. And then some, they even run the thing, it's going to take lifetimes for you to get there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the drag already now. Now I'm, i got to go, what's, what, what cycle of life is uh, 20 more of these? Jeez, I don't think I'm going to give up soon. You know? Yes, you're not going to get it this lifetime. Maybe you'll be born back again into a saint's body or something. Who knows? It's crazy. Insane. It's always getting delayed. What's that? Things playing God, isn't it? Doesn't it tell you who you are, who you were, who you're going to be, who your daughter is, who she is, will be, who she was, what the world is like, what it wasn't like, what it will be like? It's pontificating constantly. You wake up in the morning, it tells you what the day is going to be like. You haven't even gotten vertical yet. And then you and you can tell you believe it because you believe the reaction. That's not really true because you can have the reaction by that mind and still be awake. But sometimes a lot of what, what happens is after you're entertaining it, the reactions dim down. But they do not uh, preclude you from being awake if you have a physiological effect, the old momentum of fear or anxiety. Like, see, this thing, this thing salutes to the God that's being played. That's its realm. Is your little this theater. And there'll be momentum left in that for a time until it 
runs out of gas, which is your believing this, and then that behavior will change for good. But it may not right away. You can't de- determine if you're awake by your behavior. There's no determining it anyway. So watch. See it. See if it's playing God. Then it says quit playing God. It doesn't work. You don't even have to quit playing God. If you realize you're not that which plays God, that to me is what I think people mean by quit playing God. You realize you're not that which is playing God, that's it. Because it's your juice that it allows it to play God. It's your faith and your ability to entertain. Self has no ability to entertain, nor does it have any faith. Self does not have any faith. It's the object of faith. Your faith in its bullshit is what creates a sense of being a self. It has no faith in and of itself. And it doesn't entertain anything. You know it. It's the same old, same old. It's like a loop, yeah? And it maybe has like five tracks on the tape. You're a loser. You'll never be loved. You won't get what you want, okay? Oh, let's find it from the back. You're not going to get what you want. You're a loser. You won't be loved, okay? All right, start from the front again. You're a loser. You're loud. You're naked. Okay. This is always new every time, but they're the same, same loop. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't create, it makes, it makes an illusion of things. It tries to replicate, it tries to symbolize, but it can't deliver the goods. It doesn't have the ability to entertain, and it doesn't have faith. Your faith, not yours, but the faith that you are representing, and entertaining and are actually the manifestation of is not selves. You give it to it by believing you are it. It gets command of your juice and then it runs its little movie. Yeah? And it plays God, the director, the star. And all the lighting, all the panavision, all the technicolor is from you. It's your juice. It's your potential. So when you tell the truth, you're not that. That's like taking its little director's wand away. That's its little, its little pointing, doing this, doing that, and it becomes like a the emperor with no clothes on. And then you see its nakedness. It's constantly putting something on all day to hide its non-existence, yeah? like a paper doll with no filling in it. There's nothing there. And it will keep the mind will keep making it though. It makes it, spins it out. You'll see it and see it and see it. And then it will get tired. We'll have long periods maybe where there won't be any manufacturing of the doll called Paul. But then it may come up with a real doozy here and there. It's pretty good. Oh, this old voodoo doll I'll bring up and try to stick pins in it and so and there's just the seeing of it, yes? Seeing of it, seeing of it. Because the seeing of it has been freed from seeing from it, which is blindness. If you're seeing from self, it's looking. And looking is a form of blindness. Because you're blind to the fact that you're seeing. That's all you are is seeing. There's no one seeing. You are seeing. Here we're looking for new ways of looking to sort of counteract the effects of the other ways of looking that we've been saddled with. Hopefully if they're a really good form of looking, they'll lead to taking off the glasses and seeing again. To me that's a message. That has a valid... Solution. The solution is the problem will seem to be imaginary. You take the glasses off. You don't need to correct one way of looking with another way of looking. Just abandon looking and you'll be seeing. 
How do I abandon looking? You don't. You entertain that you're not what's looking to see it. Entertaining to me means it's just like a, I'm not focused on anything. I'm not concentrating. It's just an entertaining. It's like my mind is freed up and it's just open and it just entertains. I don't know how to say it, but I can give you a physical movement. It's like this, you know. coming around. I don't get stuck in anything. It just goes... Yeah. yeah, it just feels like, yeah, entertaining. So whatever comes in, you see it. And it doesn't come in. You see not coming in. It's not like, oh, why didn't that come in? You know, no. There you have it for tonight. <laughs> Questions. We can explore it now. I'm into it. You know, you have any questions that you want to reports or whatever? <laughs> Taking. No, I love that. <laughs> Usually in San Francisco, my opportunity for questions last for about two seconds. <laughs> Any questions? No, thank you. <laughs> I don't really like questions. Sometimes I do, but a lot of times they're usually hypothetical and they're like, what if you were married and just how would you react then? I don't know. There isn't any rope in this. There isn't like, oh, it does this that way and only that way. There's no way. There's no formalization of it. It's just what's happening. Yeah? That's the beauty of it. It's alert and it's, you know, you can't peg it. You can't, oh yes, if he's that, he should act like this all the time. No, that doesn't really, you're going to miss something if you have that requirement on anyone. Because they're going to disappoint you and surprise you. Because they're not going to do what you think they should do, thinking where you think they are. <laughs> It's not special. It really isn't. It's not special at all. It's just normal dog shit awareness. It's nothing big deal about it. I would think it's the most natural state. I, I, it reminds me very much of when, if the, at least the memories I think I have of being a kid. It reminds me of that. I couldn't capture what that was like in memories, but it intimates it. I have that sense of what it was like traveling so light as when I was a kid. It's like that now in, in what we call an adult world. It's very similar. Yeah? You have the ability, you're enthusiastic, curious, wonder, or It's really nice. Hey, that's it. Hey. Oh, yeah. No, the looking. looking. Looking is a formalized way of seeing to me. What's offered here is ways of looking, yeah? But they're always based in self-centeredness, which is a very, very... It can allow a lot of ways of looking in it, but none of them are going to take you out of the looking of self-centeredness. In other words, all the looking will be injected with the quality of looking from a self-centered way which to me makes the ways of looking pointless because they're just easing the unbearability of the slavery to looking that way. Yeah, you know, like everything pertains to you. That's like self-centered. That's how the first hit of 
major hit of self-centeredness I had over time, since I was young, was that everything pertained to me. You know? My mother was going through something. I had no sense of it, only how it related to me. Yeah? I couldn't put myself in anyone else's shoes. It was an impossibility. It was not, I couldn't even entertain it. My entertainment was so captured by self-centeredness. Only way, only, the only way I could entertain was it was happening to me. That's <laughs> fucking incredible. Your ability to entertain is unbelievable. To have it saddled by such a lousy, small, not lousy, I don't want to get too judgmental, but for the drama of it, I will. You know, Very small system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. It's very tiny. It has very limited possibilities. You've been through every one of them over and over again. All it does is redress the same old, same old. And you've been over every inch that self-centeredness has. You've already been around it. You're never going to find what you're looking for in there. Because of one reason, it's not there. The looking of it is the dilemma. The looking, the way you're looking is the dilemma. It's not like something's bothering you. The way you're looking is it. So, so obviously here, if the looking, the way you're looking, the expression or the symptoms of it are so severe, you've got to find another way of looking to counteract them. But hopefully they'll lead you to entertain the scene that you've had samples of. When I'm feeling wonder and awe, it isn't because I practiced the 12 steps of AA. Wonder and awe I had way before I ever was introduced to 12 steps of AA. Wonder and awe happened many times way before I ever learned about Buddhism or about this person or that teacher. The wonder and awe was a part and parcel of conscious contact at one time, it seemed. Yeah? I didn't have to do anything to add it on. So seeing, I believe, a lot of things you're looking for are inherent in the seeing. Yeah? But you won't be able to see by looking for it. That's the dilemma. The looking for it will preclude you from noticing the seeing. Yeah? It's a tricky thing. Because you believe looking for it is illuminating you, but it may be actually blinding you to your natural state, which is seeing. That's what I found. I'm not a real big believer in looking, things, ways of looking. I like ways of looking when that's the only option you have. But I, if they're a good way of looking, they should lead you to another possibility, which is seeing. I think AA has that ability. I think it's that open-minded and a large enough foundation it allows someone just to want to not drink or someone who wants to totally entertain waking up and living in that state. It's a pretty big, big umbrella. Yeah? I don't think the predominant message is seeing in AA. I think it's looking and counteract the old way of looking, and that's part and parcel of its job. But it doesn't mean that's the total definition of its job. Remember, you and I give it all the meaning it has. So if you give it the meaning of an open way or a perfect, beautiful way to express the gateless gate, let's say, then it can it's a very sound, sound foundation for that. If you want to just not drink, it's also a sound foundation for it. But I believe everyone in the tent has the right to be offered possibilities. Because yeah? the reason with this, with this thing... I didn't. I was looking really hard, and I didn't ever come across this while I was looking. If somebody dropped it on me, someone from outside said, "Hey, I remember very distinctly 
They said, I was looking for another meditation technique. I'd done Zen, Vipassana, Kundalini. I'd been done did a lot of meditation. So I was looking for an, another turbocharged meditation technique, <laughs> whatever. And the guy said, instead of, he says, Paul, instead of looking for another technique, why not look, who's the meditator? Ask who's the meditator. So that was the first time my direction of seeking had been shifted back. Yeah? And in that little sample, I saw, aha, and then I never left that direction ever since. Yeah? I tried to use it on Friday night. I don't, maybe I didn't do a good job of it, but attention is going like this. Your attention, the way we're conditioned, naturally gravitates out to things. Yeah? You come in conscious contact with things. You attend them. And then, in self-centeredness, let's say the opposite, because this is duality here, remember. So if something goes out, it goes in. Yeah? That's the nature of this place, male, female, hot, cold. So your attention goes out, it just doesn't go out with us, it goes in also. What happens is in self-centeredness, that attention's direction gets hijacked and is put on selfing. Yeah? So my, out, my attention going out is hitting things, getting a hit, you know, of the thing, and then bringing back the information. Yeah? And it's bringing back the information, but not to self. <laughs> That's an addition. Yeah? The mind has hijacked the attention and now brought it to self. And so now we see what that attention means, that information means, based on self. Self gives everything all the meaning it has for us. And so basically, we live in a world projected by self. The contact is provided by consciousness, but the world we're living as and in is projected by self, by self-centeredness. Do you know what I mean? We see things as real and solid and inherently powerful, and they're not. We're projecting them. There isn't separate things in these are an appearance of a world. There's no real separation. This thing is sound. It's not inherently a wall. Yes? I'm giving it all the meaning it has. You think there's space only in this room, and then there's a solid wall, and then there's space in the other room. Everything is space. Wall isn't, take, isn't, isn't erasing any space by its taking its place here. Everything appears in space. It's unbroken. Yeah? But we see it as broken constantly. We see that that couch is taking up space. It's not taking up any space. Do you think space had to move when you moved the couch in? The space finally got up. It's been very lazy. It's been there for 30 years. Hey, get up, move. The couch is coming in. No, space didn't move. Space is space. And anything can appear in it. And it disappears in it, yes. So the attention goes out. And it's been count. First of all, it's been taken over by the idea that there's solid, real things. Yes? the ignorance of that. But the attention just does what it does, which is contact, and then information comes back that you're aware of contact, you know, whatever. And then that contact, instead of just staying on the level of contact, gets hijacked into contact for who? That's where it changes. The who is like a changeling. You know, like in the movie, there's a kid and it gets replaced by another kid. It lives as that kid, but it wasn't the original kid. Yeah, Let's say there was a kid named Joseph, and they get an orphan kid, and then it replaces the kid named Joseph. It's now called Joseph the rest of the, the life. 
And everyone's assuming it's that kid that was Joseph, but it's a changeling, it's a replacement. Well, that's what selfing is like, yeah? The consciousness is what we are, but it gets replaced by a mental idea of what we are. And now all the attention goes to that. It's called the loop of self-importance, yeah? So everything gets hijacked a little bit, or the, like the track gets changed and goes here. And so now all this attention goes into it like a dead hole, in a way. Yeah. So let's say this attention has the potential to carry faith. It carries the faith into selfing, and then it produces anxiety. comes out, yes? This attention that can entertain anything starts neurotically entertaining one thing. I'm unlovable, or a loser. A man, it's all total potential of entertainment gets fixated on one thing, that you're a terrible person. And you go crazy, literally crazy. There's too much energy for that. You're too little of nothing for that energy to be attending to. This will blow you fucking up, in a way. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. This is about telling the truth of that. I'm maybe not that... And it releases that attention to go somewhere else. Now, to me, it doesn't go to a place. It goes through this false place of Paul, and it goes back into infinity, only to come back. And infinity is a very large place with a lot of a lot of possibility <laughs> that can be entertained. As you can entertain you're not a body very easily from there. Very difficult to entertain you're not a body as a body. <laughs> but as that, you can entertain very easily you're not a body, because as that, you're not a body. <laughs> so now the attention, instead of getting hijacked, going into this black hole, goes there to infinity and starts bringing some infinity back. Yes. That's traveling later. So, just tell the truth. Because it's almost as if that attention is like a, almost like a gravitational force, really. And it does have, it's, it's blind in a way. It's only going to go to what you believe to be you. Yeah? So when it, when it has that hijack, why, what keeps it in line is to keep going to the self because you believe yourself. Once you entertain you're not, it frees it up, and then it goes back, almost like a homing pigeon that's lost its way, just goes back to its home. Yes? That, to me, is beingness. That, to me, is traveling light. That's, to me, the sense of verbing. Instead of being a noun that verbs are happening to, you realize all is verbing. That's the sense. And I don't believe you can cultivate that or study it or achieve it or attain it. I just don't believe that to be the case. I believe you can entertain it, for sure, because you are it. So, there you go, eh? I knew one was coming up. I had to, I could have cut it off, but I saw it and I didn't. Right. So some compassions in me tonight. I don't know. As a result of um, of going through the steps and um, change having occurred, not through something that I did because I, I tried doing it and thinking it, and it, it didn't work until I let go absolutely, and that change that occurred within me through that process is that kind of Well, it won't happen because it's not based on a happening, but it may become obvious. 
right. sort of that way. Remember, everything here is, a, is an interpretation. So, something that has nothing to do with anything may be written a story about that something had to do something with it. So, it may look like you did this and did that for that to occur, but I don't believe, I, I don't see it as caused by anything. So, it's uncaused. But, to explain it here, you may write it into a cause and effect story as a way of translating it. But I don't believe it. You know? I, just, I don't know what's going on really here. But if that way you held it, yes, it could look like that for you. So you do you do whatever, you entertain it, you realize you, have, you cannot conjure it up, let go of the results, and then you'll see when you stop huffing and puffing, yeah, you may feel like you're in that house <laughs> instead of blowing it down all day. Yeah, who knows? I don't have a clue what will happen. All I know is the best I can do is share, you know, and hopefully repetition may be helpful to you. You know, hearing the, hearing the message, hearing the message, because there's a knowing already prior to knowing mentally. You already know. You are that, but it, to get through this thick fog of mentally knowing, it's repetition's helpful. Just like how we learn to get into the sort of habits we're in now by repetition. So we're using a, like a poison as an antidote, really. All right? Let's just hear the message. A number of people are giving out similar messages, you know. That they, if you don't like me, it's, you know, go to some other. They may, they may have dress up the cod differently, but it's the same piece of fish. You may like this thing because it's alcoholic, you know, recovery. So they speak your language in a sense. They've been through, you know, I lived like that. Some of those other people, they don't know what they're talking about when they talk about alcoholism. It's my idea. They don't. It doesn't, being awake doesn't mean you have wisdom about every topic, <laughs> in my view. To me, it's, you get, all you get is what you need to know. And whatever function you're, you're performing, there's certain things you need to know in that function. There's no, you don't need to know anything other than that function. You've got your seat assignment, and you may know a lot about whatever that seat assignment entails, and you may know nothing about something other. Yeah, it's not like all-knowing wisdom. It's not. That's that would be too much of a burden to carry. All you know is what to do next. You know, or you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very. It's very economical. It's very pared down and streamlined. It's like you're on a very light journey. You're not carrying much. You just do, 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 do. You don't need thousands of knowledgeable things. You just know that the, really what you need to know is what you don't know. That's it. Knowing that you don't know is really the opening to the infinite to me. If you know that you don't know, and you sincerely know that, you're open to a lot of good info. Yeah. A lot of good stuff will download. If it's necessary, if you've got that seat assignment, yeah? If I was hanging out cutting meat or something, I wouldn't be having any of this going on, like yapping. There would be no need for it. But because I've been thrown into this role for however long it will be, there's a need for it to be explained verbally in some sense, because I know most of the people I know in recovery aren't going to sit quietly for an hour and not say anything, <laughs> and then sense the presence. This is not. They're not going to go for it. They'll be drinking coffee and, you know. Fucking texting, you know, whatever. <laughs> so we talk. We come here, and the, the words are the vehicle for the message. They're not the message. It's an energy. Hopefully, you sense it. You know? That's the point. You sense it. We get, we gather, and there's something gets cooked, and you sense it. You get a free sample, yeah, and it gets cooked. 
you may have a come down after in the beginning because it's a high in a way. You feel something and you feel really good. Then you like people were calling up Jeff last night. They're all exhausted today. Yeah, they were just at the meeting because they got hot, they got happy, they got freed from the really exhausting thing of making what's not happening seem to be happening. So when they just allowed what was happening, it was so freeing. The mind wanted to make so much what's not happening. The next day they're exhausted. <laughs> you wanted to make up. You wanted to make up for the night of not what you know. <sighs> I'm so fucking tired. What happened? Like a hangover. Yeah. I hope you feel. I feel. That's so point when I sit here. I'm, I'm getting fed. I'm sitting. I love the. It's like such a fineness of energy. I dig it. It's such a. It's so incredible to explore what's unexplorable. It really is. To have an open mind to this, you'll never get. It's never ending. Yeah? If you just just surrender your curiosity, it will stay busy forever and ever and ever because it's unfathomable what's actually happening. Yeah? It really is. I mean, it's mind-boggling what's actually happening. It's mind-boggling, seriously. You cannot hold it with this mechanism. This cannot gauge it. It doesn't have a barometer to fix it. All it can do is intimate it. It can't, you know. So it's like, that intimation can take you out of this little head helmet and then go. You don't go, obviously, you know. Let's have a gluten-free cookie. (laughs) Yeah! 